And to Kingdom Tuesday, we're on. talking about the Sabbath, and this is actually where it gets down to the nitty-gritty. We're talking about how Sabbath theology, Sabbatarian theology, um, you know, and, and we'll come back. We'll also deal with this subscription issue, and we'll deal with whether you can even call yourself Sabbatarian in, in a sense, in a revisionist sense, um, and still hold to the 1689 or whatever. We'll talk about all of that. But in the in the interim year, Two Kingdom Tuesday is kind of where the whole thing kind of hits the, the road sometimes for people. And that, yeah. um, you know, I, we, we know this, we felt this actually, we went to, um, it was interesting. We were at a community center on Sundays and, uh, we used to have our coffee after, uh, church and, uh, everyone was cool. Everyone would hang. And then, and we we're pretty mellow on the Sabbatarian thing, but obviously, you know, some reform folk gather, um, and man, crazy. When we moved to the, the cinema, um, people are out of there firstly it was a struggle to get them in there secondly it was a struggle to keep them there afterwards because um you know we're not going to be buying coffee from these guys and you know and everyone's kind of so the hang time got completely lost afterwards um because wow. it has all sorts of interesting little sabbatarian issues and people that were just visiting who were reformed yeah they they just um they struggled with it and you can tell they were just you know not trying to be jerks or anything they were just genuinely struggling with that issue and and you know it, it's just something to think about for sure so to, to the reason it relates to two kingdoms and this is kind of where it started out with my brother is you know he was seeing this like hey, listen you know at, at some level we are dealing with something that's getting in the way or it's merging the two kingdom issue and so um yeah what are your thoughts about that um you 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 ended up uh, if I remember, you remember you asked me a question last time. Uh, yeah. well, I can't even remember what the question was, but let me ask it back to you. You, you remember it, right? Yeah, I think so. Let me see if I can get it out again. It yeah, went yeah. something like that. Yeah. If the Sabbath was a creation ordinance like marriage was a creation ordinance, mm-hmm. why do you and me and other Christians who perhaps even have a high view of the Lord's Day not expect um, unbelievers to keep the Lord's Day? Right. Yeah, that that's, that was the nutshell of the question. All right, who wants to give it a go? You want to give it a go? Yeah, I'm happy to give it a go. I can tell you why I make a distinction and a couple of categories that might be helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, what really blew it wide open for me was, you know, what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is a sign of the covenant of works. Yes. That is that is probably the key idea. It really um, is. Yeah. If you don't have that idea in your mind, then you, it is impossible for you to make the transition. To, from an Old Testament use of the Sabbath uh-huh. to a New Testament use of the Lord's Day. Yes. And how we move away from a creation ordinance to a church ordinance. Agreed. So, you know, so let's just lay that out. So, what do we mean by the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant of works? Well, what is a sign? A sign is something that points forward. Mm-hmm. In this instance, the, 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 the Sabbath was pointing forward to the promised new creation blessings and rest of God. Mm-hmm. The eschaton that God was holding out to Adam, that if Adam obeyed, if Adam passed his probation, if Adam did not sin and obeyed all the laws of God, he would enter into his reward. He would enter into God's rest. Mm-hmm. And so the Sabbath was a sign of that situation. Yeah. Um, and, and we know that it, uh, it was the same sort of setup in Israel as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Exodus 31 and Ezekiel 20:20. 20, 20. Um, 
give us um, the, uh, the terms so that we can think in those terms. Mm-hmm. So Adam, with a seventh-day observance, was to work for six days. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the week, if he was a good little boy, he would enter into, at the end of the week, a rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And so that was the covenant of works which Adam was born into, which we are all born into in Adam. Mm-hmm. Then Christ comes along. And he fulfills the covenant of works. Mm-hmm. He's born under the law. Mm-hmm. And the Mosaic law and the, the law of the covenant of works are, are linked. Um, and Christ is not only born under the Mosaic law. He's, that is representative of being born under the covenant of works in Adam. Yeah. And he fulfills the law. Mm-hmm. So he succeeds where the first Adam fails. Mm-hmm. The last Adam succeeds. And so now there's a change. So we rest on the first day. Mm-hmm. And then we are to work. We're under the first Adam. We work in order to enter into the race. Yeah, beautiful. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the gospel in a nutshell, isn't mm, it? There really is. So, yeah. so here, here's the issue. You know, it's, it's the problem with the Seventh-day Adventists. It's the problem yes. with um, even Sabbatarians insisting that non-believers observe the original Sabbath. Mm. Is um, We're actually saying be under the covenant of works. Yeah, yeah. Because... If it's a sign of the covenant of works that you must work in order to enter rest, mm-hmm. if you if you're approaching it in those terms, like the Seventh Day Adventists do, mm-hmm. you're saying there's there's no fulfilment. The second Adam hasn't accomplished anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. if Christ has fulfilled mm-hmm. the covenant of works, and He has brought us, His people, into this new covenant relationship with God, mm-hmm. only Christians can rest on the first day mm-hmm. and work out of that rest, right? Because which automatically excludes the unbeliever. Yeah. Yeah. And so, who should be observing the Lord's Day? Christians should be. How should they be observing the Lord's Day? Well, what the Lord's Day points forward to gives us a clue. It points forward to the new creation realities. It points forward to the eschaton that God is going to provide. And when we come together as a church, when God is present by His Spirit through the means of grace, we experience those new creation realities, the power of God working by His Spirit. Go to church. Yeah. That's, that's how you oh. experience the new creation and so rest in Christ. Yeah, amen. So it's almost like the very, um, you know, the very thing that happens when we believe and we enter into that state, that catapalsis, as it were, you know, that Hebrews 4 talks about. Uh, we, we enter into the rest, the thing Christ has earned for us and given to us by grace alone. Um, but there, therefore, there remains for us a Sabbath-keeping ordinance. And you see there the, the very connection of the, the going to church and the thing that happened when you first believed. I mean, it's, it's almost... Uh, 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 ordinance type representation of that very act and uh yeah and, and that's the key right there you know you're going to church which is a celebration of the fact that we are, are people an eschatological people we've entered into rest we uh we are we are two-age sojourners in a very literal you know it's right on point there you know yeah i've often thought that the 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 sabbath is you know, and I say this sometimes when people give me the weirdest looks, even Sabbatarians give me the weirdest looks because they tend to think about this thing in terms of these legalistic rules and regulations. But the Sabbath, when rightly understood, is the crowning point of all theology. Yeah, amen. You know, it, it, yeah, and so in that sense, I, I really I want to be thought of as a Sabbatarian, you know, because yeah. I don't want to I don't want to give in any kind of any kind of impression that I don't want the Sabbath in my theology. I do, and it, I, I it must be there, and it's it's huge. And and again, just uh, kind of what I mentioned to my brother a while back. I mean, I just 
the fact that Jesus rises on the first day of the week and that's the the thing that I mean is that just by yeah. accident you know is that just a th- no ways that's the no thing ways. Yeah. You know? that's the thing that's the unity I mean so so maybe just to show the differences between even reformed baptists so I would say traditional reformed baptists traditional 1689ers are looking at the sabbath through the uh, nomological lens through mm. the lens of the law mm-hmm and the creational lens, through mm. the lens of creation ordinance. Yes. We are primarily looking at it through the covenantal lens. Yes. The Sabbath as, as a sign of the covenant. Yes. And an ecclesiological lens in how the what the Sabbath points forward to is manifested and how uh, the substance of, of what is promised is made. Uh, yeah, or an eschatological lens in some sense, yeah. Yeah, and so over, overarching all of that would be the eschatological yeah. lens. Yeah. yeah. So on that point, um, and perhaps just bringing a further spin to the whole whether, and this was Klein, just blew my mind on this, but um, you know, I kind of have adjusted what he ended up saying to something that I'm not sure is entirely in line with what he was saying, but, but I think this makes sense to me. The whole, um, the, you know, we ask, if it's a creation ordinance and and we're kind of at that point merging the covenant of works with the creation ordinance because they they were at that point all uh, merged in that sense they were part of this greater uh, task that Adam was given Um, and you know if if Adam would would emulate God's work to enter into that Sabbath glory state uh, so he too would bring you know humanity along with him it involved the probationary test it involved the dominion mandate from that point um but what I was going to say is, so Adam fell, uh, uh, failed, uh, he fell, <laughs> and uh, and our only hope from that point is the second Adam who can keep the covenant, right? And and uh, yep. everything you just said. Now, one little like loose strand there, which I think needs to be hit on as well, which I think is very very powerful, is that although we can't ask people that aren't in Christ to obey the Sabbath in that eschatological sense. Yeah. The, every Lord's Day, by, by God's ordination, every Lord's Day passes, you know, every Sabbath passes once a week uh, as, a, as a continuing sign of perpetual um, lostness of those under the, old, uh, under the covenant of work system. So in, in yeah. some sense, they are called. To, just like they're called to worship, just like they're called to do, do the dominion mandate, just like they're called to do all these things, but cannot because of death, because of the curse, but, you know, all yeah. sorts of. They, it, it's uh, something yeah, that I they. Agree. I mean, in one, yeah. in one sense, the uh, the command to keep the Sabbath applies to all people. Yes. But the call is not to do as Israel did. Right. The call is to believe in Christ and rest in Him, enjoying all the benefits well, in Him. Maybe even a push further than that. The call. That's still, that is still universal. I, yeah, I'm, I think absolutely that's the end point, but I'm almost getting for the call being, being be perfect, even as your Father in Heaven is perfect. You know, it's kind of that idea, like obey the law even though you can't, and therefore recognize that your only hope is if the second Adam comes. So it's almost like that, that crowning point of the law reoccurs. Here's, every, the, here's, uh, here's, here's my, my little pushback on that. Yeah. Are we asking them to keep a Saturday Sabbath then? Yeah, because I think so. Saturday Sabbath. Yeah. I think so. Because if you're going to insist that the unbeliever keeps the Sabbath, 
Then you must insist that they keep a Saturday Sabbath as a sign of the covenant of works that they have in Yom Kippur. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like as in, um, like as in, like as Israel did on the Sabbath with their activities. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I would push back. Okay. And one of the other things, yeah, totally. So one of the other things that gets you off the hook in thinking that way is what Klein did with that whole almost like a Bartian representation of the law. I don't know if you remember looking at that at at any point, but basically saying, and this is something that um, anyone listening now might be tracking with because they listen to my brother and I and he explained it well and he buys into this and I think that's good that you you don't ever have the um, the concrete law of God you have the constituent being of God who who has his moral law and uh, he gives it in covenantal enshrinements to various stages uh, to, to, to various points uh, people and points in history so of course you have um, so it's a slight tweak on the on the threefold use of the law, and um, you know we don't see it rather as as moral and positive so much as it uh, being a unique covenantal enshrinement. So Adam had his uh, moral law written on his heart, and the positive in the sense that he you know was not to eat of the tree, which was distinct, unique to his covenantal situation, um, including the dominion mandate and so forth. Um, whereas uh, Israel, obviously in a land, so you have the, the the moral law come forth in a unique way. You will live long in the land if you do these things. All these unique elements that uh, traditionally have been put down to positive components of the of the moral law, um, and and then uh, we were talking about the law of Christ. You know, being we don't like that term so much. Uh, you know, as it indicates more like new covenant theology. But it, insofar as it communicates what Klein was saying, in that you get the moral law uh, now revealed in a new covenant. No, less a law of Christ and more a new covenant enshrinement. It's the same moral law, but it now comes in its new covenant enshrinement to us. And um, and so I think that's key in that in just coming back to what you were saying earlier there. Yeah, I don't think anyone is 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 asked to uh, do the Jewish enshrinement because that's for Jews only. Yeah. Um, it, they're asked to do the well, since Adamic Christ enshrinement. Has come, it doesn't apply at all. Yeah. What do you mean? The old covenant is no longer in force, as it was. The old covenant meaning? Moses. The, Moses. Under Moses. Yeah. yeah let's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want to open a business right there? Um, yeah. No. So the mosaic, totally, totally, hundred percent. But in terms of the Adamic covenant, you yeah. know, um, as in the covenant of works, um, yeah. you know, all men are under it, and this is why they're going to hell pretty much if they don't have a. So, so here's yeah. how I've approached that loose strand that you've mentioned. Yeah. So, because one of the things I really sort of grappled with pretty deeply is the whole notion of a creation ordinance and the fact mm. that they're, they're ubiquitous, they're universal, they're, and they're for all time in terms of, you know, we must always marry. Homosexuality is wrong because God made one man, one woman to be together in marriage. Mm-hmm. Marriage is the normal for human beings until we, we get our glorified bodies and we're no longer given in marriage. Right. So, you know, and, and the distinction I've had to make because it's all, it always comes down to making a distinction, right. um, is not all creation ordinances are equal. And, yeah. I, and I think I've got a good demonstration of this where it says, go forth and multiply. Mm-hmm. Since the new covenant, the primary goal of humanity is not go forth and multiply, because the church has been given the task of going fulfill the Great Commission. And so with the coming of the new covenant, there is an adjustment to some of the creation ordinances. Marriage still stands pretty much unchanged, that's fine. But go forth and multiply doesn't 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 carry through in the exact same way. And and my suspicion is that um, keep the Sabbath day has also uh, been adjusted on account of the new covenant. So right, 
yeah, you hear I what mean, I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, Klein sort of spoke of the dominion mandate is go forth and create living beings that will live eternally. And, yeah. and so in that so sense, he, got, he gospelized it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he got to its heart, you know, and uh, yeah. and yeah. that was true under the Adamic covenant. But obviously it shows its profound unity. But I hear what you're saying there. Um, yeah. The other thing I was thinking of is would you separ- would you distinguish the ordinance of marriage and Christian marriage? Because that might be a helpful way to think about the Sabbath. <clears throat> uh, probably not. Is because, that right? uh, it, you know, it, in Zululand, when... Uh, a young man gives the father of the bride labola, mm-hmm. you know, cows mm-hmm. to buy his wife. He is not getting married in a Christian way, but he's getting married according to a cultural norm that he recognizes as marriage. And God says, I see you as married. Okay. So in that sense, you are distinguishing between a, a, a sense of what is permissible. I mean, like certainly if a, if a, um, a Christian got married that way, <laughs> there would be uh, there'd be some question marks around whether that was valid or not, you know, but it, it, it was totally valid in a sense that we're not, we're not, it was never required. So what I'm, where I'm going with this is, you know, you kind of with the, with the Adamic covenant, the principle there from the beginning was worship set one day aside to worship God in the way that he is required. All men must do that. Yeah. You know, uh, in the same sense as it, it sort one, of hits and not it. only for worship but for rest. So follow right, the follow right. follow the creation pattern as God's wisdom. Yeah. But but we will not uh, apply church discipline. Yeah. The, the only the only way that the only so here's here's the question. Here's, wow. Bring just, it down to pastoral ethics. Yeah, that just went into another category. Will, will you church discipline someone who goes to work on the Lord's day, or will you discipline them if they don't go to church on the Lord's day? Uh, very clearly, if they don't go to church on the Lord's Day. Yeah. yeah. And so, for me, that nails the substance of what we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. And so, God's wisdom applies universally. You know, we, we probably have it wired into our systems that we ought to work six and rest one. And there's wisdom in that, and I agree with that. Yeah. But but to apply that as law in the sense of applying church discipline, um, I don't think that's that is the way we apply it in the New Covenant. Right. No, no, I'd agree. But um, I think, well, it's kind of interesting now because we're asking, okay, so what, to what degree does the rest principle, is it, does it remain connected for those in the new covenant? Because I've, for me, I have really divorced that. I've said, no, no more rest principle at all. Nothing. Like in physical rest, that's all typological. That's what I've done with that. It is, it is primarily typological, but there's, there's a residue of physical, of, of, uh, Wisdom, as yeah, it applies to right. the physical world. But now so there's the an agreement is, between the physical and the spiritual. Totally. But the unbeliever is not merely under wisdom. They're under, you know, spiritual commandment, yeah. you know, which is, I think, what brings their condemnation. Anyway, so coming back See, to... Yeah, I would the, say the yeah. commandment's been adjusted. It's been focused. Because the, the commandment is not stop working for 24 hours. The commandment is come to the one who has fulfilled the Sabbath for you and rest in him. Certainly, that would be the positive spinoff of it, but I, I think you'd be leaving out the whole. You, you know, it's, it's almost exactly how do you bring people to Christ? You tell them to obey the Ten Commandments, don't you? And you say, okay, now you can't though, and this is the problem. This is why you need a savior. So it's exactly the same idea on the Sabbath, in that you're not just going, hey, the Sabbath applied to you means come to Jesus, no condemnation otherwise. You know, uh, we've got to, we've got to make it 
you know bring the the force that that you know f- um, of the failure of Adam, so to speak, on, on every fallen person in Adam. I think that that must be there at some level, and I think that's yeah, what's I good agree. about I mean, the Sabbatarianism. But, here, but again, here's the difficulty: mm. because if we ask them to keep it as it's enshrined in the Ten Commandments, we ask them to keep a Saturday. See, that that always comes back to that, which is the difficulty. Yeah, but I don't think that's if if you're understanding the Israel thing as an echo of the original. And if you're thinking about it in terms of Kleinian thinking, which admittedly is a stretch, you know, for a lot of people, um, then then, you know, what you're doing is less less uh, focusing on that on that day and even uh, the the thing that you see later on in Israel as much as you are uh, in that principle, that thing written on everyone's heart. Really, that's what you're going to. Everyone knows that if God is real. He deserves to be worshipped in the way that he requires on his day. You know, I mean, like it's almost like that's a hardly even it's built into the human condition. We see it materialize in every form of religion anyway. And and yeah. it's that thing that obviously people know that, man, I'm not setting aside any time. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not worshipping God in a consecrated way. Um, and every week that rolls around is my condemnation. So I think yes. that's there somehow. It's a, admittedly difficult. Yeah, but, but, yeah. I, I would agree. I mean, what, what was the penalty for violating the Sabbath in the Old Covenant? Yeah, there we go. Death. Death. Boom. Why death? Well, because it was, it was an echo of the original covenant of works that if you didn't keep it, you died. Yeah. Totally, no. totally, and that's so. That's, yes, we, we definitely need to bring out that judicial aspect, yeah. and then and then moving from the call to Christ, to yeah, 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 amen. yeah. So that's great. I think with that rubric in mind on Two Kingdom Tuesday, I mean, wow, that's that's exactly what you need to navigate the whole thing, you know. And I'm just thinking about this coffee conversation I had with this guy on Sunday. I mean. I mean, that's exactly what was going through my mind, you know, and it was really helpful because I wasn't going like, oh, my goodness, I shouldn't be buying coffee from this guy who wants to talk to me about Jesus on the Lord's Day and I should be at whatever. I, I was thinking gospel and I was thinking both law and gospel in that sense. I was thinking, you know, yeah. you know, this is great. Everything about this is is the way it should be in terms of my, my Sabbatarianism. And the fact that it has such deep resonance with the way theology works and the way the New Testament works uh, is, is, I think, helpful as well. Yeah. It's not like some no, weird little thing that all of a sudden tells us not to buy and sell. You know, like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> and maybe one last little thought. I yeah. mean, I think, and just to, uh, just to commend the Puritans, Although I don't commend their copying and pasting and turning England into Israel, what I do commend is their attempt to sanctify the whole day. Yeah. And to say, let's take a whole day out of seven yeah. and let's make it all about Jesus mm. and let's have family devotions in the evening and let's take the sermon and chew over it over lunchtime mm. and let's mm. meditate and prepare our hearts before we go to church mm. and let's take notes while we're listening to the sermons yeah. at church and let's go to two services on a Sunday. Amen. Preach I know, it. You know? Totally. You know, because the whole thing they're doing there is they're elevating the Lord's Day ordinance. Amen. You know? But all we're, all, we're removing, all we're removing is if you don't do this, you're going to die. Yes. Boom. What a great way to end off. That's exactly it. And, you know, that right there is the way I read the confession on this. And I love the confession on this because it's elevating exactly what I want to elevate. But yeah, we're just taking out that weird little hangover component, which didn't didn't see, you know, uh, the the thing get fulfilled. <laughs> as as crazy it is uh, as it is to say. Good. All right, that's uh, that's Two Kingdom Tuesday. Nailed it, Nick. We've solved that problem. It's done. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs>